Hi, I'm Michael Depp, editor of TV News Check, and I'm with Sean Wheat, the executive producer of Local News Live for Great Television, and we are Talking TV. Hi, welcome, Sean. Hey, thank you so much. Glad to be here. I'm very happy to have you from, for those who watch the podcast uh, in a normal way, I'm in a new setting in a verdant uh, part of the country away from where I normally am. Um, and uh, really happy to talk to you because uh, just last week uh, I was talking with Steph Rykowski at Great Television, we're talking about OTT and Local News Live came up and I had not yet heard of this, this operation. It sounds really, really interesting. Another one of Grace digital news initiatives that you're heading up. Um, so I'm very eager to learn more about it. So let's just start, what, what is Local News Live? It's the best of what's going on live currently. We are a startup, basically. Gray said, okay, we're gonna start this sucker up. We're gonna try uh, different things where it's not gonna be traditional television. It's going to be a very laid back atmosphere type uh, live events. And that's the goal of Local News Live. It's bringing local news that's currently live to a national platform. And so what we do is basically just take anytime one of our stations live on what they're called their OTT desk, or as many of them put up the digital news desks or their news center, um, then we take that live content and we anchor it beforehand and then pitch it to them because all of our great stations have the capability of going live on their websites at any moment at any time of the day we know how important live content and live news coverage is especially in this day and age and uh, so we said we're just going to kind of fill the gaps between the live events kind of recap what's being said or preview what's about to be done and then let the local stations do what they do best because I, they know their community better than anybody else. You, somebody in Omaha or Atlanta or in New York City or California, you know, they, they can read a script real well, but they truly don't know what's going on in those local communities and those stories. And so our job is basically that vessel to bring local interviews, local live content, local whatever it may be, and let those anchors and reporters do what they do best and tell the story uh, for the folks across the nation. Okay, so tell us how, how it works, essentially. I mean, is it sort of like DJed, in a sense, by, by one person, these feeds? You, you can say that. You can say that we have a two, we have actually uh, five two-people teams. And what we do is the anchor is basically, it's not just an anchor anymore. Uh, you could call them an MMJ, in a sense, uh, but a VJ. And what they're doing is they're basically pitching to the next best, best thing. And they're doing the switching themselves with our technology uh, that Gray has actually, we have the same technology in, in our house uh, that they've purchased for all the Gray stations across the nation. And it is basically a computer system that we switch between live content. We have an audio board, we have graphics that we can put in and the anchor is doing it all by themselves uh, along with the help of the producer. So the anchor does the switching and the talking, the producer does the watching and the communicating. And they're watching the feeds that are coming in because that's the one thing that is 
most important with what we're doing is communicating with not only each other in-house, but also the stations. And we've got to make sure that everybody's on the same level and we're aware of what they've got coming in and they know what we have coming out too. Um, so it's a two-person team. They, they basically intro it when we have some downtime because there's times where there's not live content. Uh, the anchors can actually do recaps. They can preview something that's coming up. Uh, they could talk about what's the top stories of the day. We can actually go through every station's website and say, here's the top story in uh, Augusta. Here's the top story in Topeka. Here's the top story in Omaha, in, in, in all of our various regions. And we have stations from very small markets all the way to some large markets. And so we know that um, there are people, the people move from their home communities all the time. So what's interesting is we've heard, man, I lived in that community and I'm good. I'm glad to see that I can uh, watch these stories on my local station now from my home community. So uh, yeah, our job is to basically bring the stories that also get a lot of a national attention when they really should uh, on a network platform and bring them to the folks who are watching our station websites. So it sounds like a hell of a lot of ad living is done by the <laughs> anchor slash switcher. Uh, now you mentioned there are, there are groups of teams. I mm -hmm. guess that's at four different stations in different parts of the country. No, we're all based here in Omaha. Okay. We have the five teams, uh, an anchor and a producer, and they work different shifts. We even have uh, weekend shifts. It's not as much programming during the day or uh, during the evenings and the early morning hours, but we're on from 6 a.m. Central, from Monday through Friday, we're on from 6 a.m. Central to midnight. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically the anchors have, the anchors and producers have a four or five hour shift. And, um, and then on the weekends, we're on from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central. And then the anchors and producers have uh, six hour shifts. So uh, they're literally up there for six hours. And we, we hired folks to do dual purpose positions. And so we have the anchors, we have the producers, but the producers can step in and anchor and know the equipment and so if there is a need for the anchor to, you know, take a break, go get something to eat, uh, they need to go get a drink of water, whatever it may be, the producer could step in and do that position and then vice versa. The anchor could do the producer's job for a couple of minutes while they go and get something to eat or take a break too. So it's amazing to see how when we started this up, we hired people from all over the nation, though. We had people coming in from various different communities, small to large. I didn't hire just television people either. I hired people in radio, two people specifically in radio. One worked for NBC News Radio, and the other one worked uh, for a Kansas sports network. And the thing is, is yeah, you got to have a, a lot of ability to ad-lib because you don't know how much time, you know, okay, the president's about to speak. And he's supposed to be on at 10 o'clock, but it's now 10.05 and you've got to fill all that time. We could take a commercial break, but you got to come back. You've got to try to fill that time with, okay, here are the talking points. Here are some of the things that have been said. We actually, though, I did want to mention, we try to stay away from as much of the political as possible, the national political. And we actually try to do hyper-local stuff because of the fact that there are, as I said earlier, is that there's a lot of stories locally that deserve national attention. For example, um, we had the Kim Tool fire uh, over in, uh, in Illinois, and we were getting live images coming in. We saw, we had reporters in that area from the local community doing live hits, um, and it wasn't getting any national attention. And you could see explosions happening as it was going on. You could see the plume of smoke miles away. 
the, several of the networks, maybe a little blip, maybe a little blip. We were taking it live for over an hour and uh, because we knew how important it was uh, for communities to know what was happening because that's it's it was a huge fire and it could be seen from miles away. And uh, it's something that needed national attention and it wasn't getting it at that time. So will your anchors come in and voice over the feeds that they're bringing in to kind of give some context? Because one thing is when you're stitching together local stories and you're framing them out for a national audience, the national audience needs to understand why it's relevant. It's not always completely self-evident. I mean, a big chemical fire, maybe more, you know, maybe an easier thing to sell for relevancy or just interest than, than something that was more granular and local. So I imagine they have to do a lot of contextualizing. Uh, they do. Or, or they do. You're, you're exactly right. And, and that's their job is to, to give that overview before they go to it and give that recap when they come back. I mean, uh, sometimes we're going to stuff that may not need national attention, but it's live in a local community. And we want to focus on the, we want to show what's going live in local communities, um, uh, especially like with COVID and states reopening back up and plans. So yeah, we, we do give, give, a, give that recap and voiceover beforehand, but generally it is, when we pitch it to those stations, uh, if, if all is going well and they're anchoring it at that local station, the local anchor will also give a recap and we let them know if we're gonna take them live and those stations are also monitoring their signal. So they also, uh, for example, WOIO, uh, they often do a lot of live stuff and uh, they will notice, oh, we're on local news live right now. So they'll also give a national recap themselves. Uh, KGNS out of Texas, they do the same thing. They watch us, they see that they're live and uh, on, on our network and they'll give a national recap to say, okay, this is why it's important on a national level or this is why it's also another reason that you should pay attention because this is what's happening in our community and it may have an impact nationally too. So um, we also, have the the anchors, uh, if needed, uh, give do some research in the middle of those live events to try to show, okay, this is how this impacts nationally. But a lot of times it doesn't. It can maybe just impact that local community, but give awareness to the things that are happening in that local community. And somebody could go, oh, maybe it's happening in our community too. Maybe we should look into the same thing that these communities are doing. So it's just a, it's almost like a, a sharing of information as well. Um, between communities. All I can say, whoever's on that desk is going to be ready for anything after that. That job will be yeah. ready for, for almost anything. Tell me a little bit more about the architecture that, that's underpinning all of this. So it's, is it rooted in the OTT desks that Gray has now at all of its stations? Absolutely, it is. And we we do take live newscasts that are happening, but of course, each we have several stations. All of those stations have different network affiliations and we know in the a block somebody have a, may have a national story and uh, the other stations may not so we we try to stay, stay away from the local newscasts unless we know they're going to do some extensive coverage after a tornado or some severe weather event or whatever it may be um, but otherwise we, we try to look for those ott events I, I, and that's something that i've been tasked with around grade two is working with stations newsrooms and teaching them how to, not necessarily teaching them, but opening up the window uh, for various different things that they could go live with. Uh, we actually just had a brainstorming session, a gray wide, all the newsrooms with the digital managers and their news directors. And we talked about what's working in at some stations, but what's working at other, what's not working at other stations. 
You know, we threw things against the wall and, and no idea was turned down because it can work in some areas and it, and it won't work in others. And so we wanted to make sure everybody was kind of on the same page of, of our thought processes, not just mine. I'm going to have a different thought process on a national level where a Wichita KWCH, they're going to have different coverage ideas where a Topeka, Kansas is much smaller of a market, even though it's in the same state, but their coverage is going to be different because they have a state house. So, you know, there, there are some stations have come up with their own talk shows. They've actually come up with their own newscasts digitally through their OTT desk. They have come up with uh, interview segments. They know that each day at four o'clock, we're going to be talking to people in our local community about this. And so it's not only been us to, to spearhead bringing it nationally, but also helping those stations really hone in on their OTT desks and learn how to use them better to service their community because uh, this is the next wave of what our business is going to be. And of course, all of this content is being augmented by CNN national content you have as well. You know, if we need to, we try to stay away from it. We do have an agreement with CNN just to take what's called the grid feeds. And uh, that is if the president's speaking or if there's happening, something happening at Capitol Hill, or if we have we don't have a station in a, in a market, um, uh, we can take a feed from one of those other CNN affiliates because all gray stations are CNN affiliates and we're only on gray station website. So their, their agreements work or the CNN agreement we have with them work so we can take something from a, a Las Vegas or uh, from a Los Angeles or from New York City of something big happening. And we can still provide that content if necessary. But we try to stick with our local gray stations uh, overall because um, we have a lot of them and we, we're expanding. Gray is expanding here. Uh, with uh, Quincy Media and Meredith here soon. So our, our footprint, in a sense, to provide local content on a national level is going to expand even more. So when did the service launch? We actually launched, we have been, I've been working on this project since uh, October. And actually a couple months before that, I, I started talking with uh, some of the senior vice presidents and some of the executives of Gray about the project and, and the vision. And then I officially accepted the job in November. And then I had to hire a staff and bring them all in from all over the nation. And we, they literally, the folks I hired literally put their, their blood, sweat and tears into putting this together. We built the sets, we built our desks, we put up the computers, we put up the TV screens. And then we launched, we did some soft launches in January and February. And uh, we, we fully got up after the inauguration uh, not not after the inauguration, but uh, basically when when the Capitol riots happened, that's when we had our first full uh, push to start broadcasting. And we did a couple of hours a day. Then we started to integrate more stations because we only started off with a stitching of our signal with three of our stations. KWCH uh, was one of them in Wichita and a couple of one in uh, Baton Rouge and then um, I think WSAZ, but then we started stitching in more stations as we went because the technology has to make it capable that in between those local newscasts, that's where we go in. So there's a, it's a trigger bank based workflow. Steph talked, I don't know if she talked about it, but, uh, but whenever they're not on, that's when we're on, but there's a trigger that happens. We got to make sure those triggers work perfectly. We got to make sure when we trigger a break here, it's playing the local breaks at that station. And then the technology is improving as we go, uh, because not all the stations have the 
We're on 43 stations now, and we're hoping to get up to the full 90 by the end of the year because they have to get some special equipment in-house. And so it's a so, slow process, but it's it's been working. Where specifically, for those who want to see it, where are the iterations? Uh, you can watch... Um, Oh, that's a great question. KWCH in Wichita is one that was one of the first ones. So if you go to kwch.com and click on their live stream, you can find it there. I know that um, we have some stations over in uh, along the West Coast that are, I'm sorry, the East Coast that have us. I say the East Coast. Okay, so Mississippi, uh, WDAM has us, WDBJ. Um, there's 43 stations that I don't have the list exactly in front of me. But if you go to your local great station website, and you click on live stream, you may see us. If you see a repeat of the newscast and they don't have it just yet, but it's expanding as we go. So and are, uh, the are best thing- up your, Are you gonna send your own tile up on uh, on OTT or is it, is it there already as well? Are you gonna have your own app on OTT? You know, no, not, not yet. Would we like to at some point? Sure. I mean, we are looking at the future of what it can be, but we are a support system for these gray stations. We are, uh, gray is really big on hyper-local stuff. Uh, we, we are always wanting to provide extra stuff for them to utilize on their level, but obviously their stuff comes first. We don't take precedence at all. Local News Live, the network, if there's breaking news, it doesn't matter if a local station's on live, they get the precedence. So um, we just want to provide at this point in our plan is just to provide them with that content between their newscasts. Now we're looking at all options in the future. Anything's available and open to our, our thought processes. And we have a great team of folks um, like Nick Matese, the senior vice president uh, of local media for Gray. He's over us. And then we got Sandy Braylon. Uh, we've got, um, Mike Braun, the Stephanie, uh, there are so many, Mike Foss, who's our, our uh, vice president of operations. All these folks are, are basically the brain trust of this project. And they all came together and, and came up with the idea along with myself. And we had meetings and we figured out what, what pieces are gonna work, what are not, what's our long-term goal. But it's really right now honing in on working on launching because we're still, we are launched. We still have more stations to be added onto but then improving because we have to obviously improve on the local level before the national level also gets better because we got to get our local stations to do more on their OTT desks. And, and they are, it's amazing to see. Uh, Cause for example, I, I was at WIBW in Topeka, Kansas, and uh, it's a small market. And we were actually doing this before we had the technology uh, through OBS and we, cause we had, the state capitol and we had the governor's news conferences during covid and we were like we've got to anchor this you can't just put them up raw people are coming in late they're not catching what was said beforehand or they're they're leaving or whatever it may be or we got to set it up for what's going to be said give any type of news stories the most latest and so then when gray sent us all this technology it became even better um but we saw the they saw what i was doing WIO in Cleveland was doing it a lot too. And they actually kind of launched a lot of the stuff that we do on the national level because they were kind of our test market for the OTT desk and the JVC system that we use. And uh, so then by taking all those ideas and putting them together, that brain trust came up with this and, and the brain trust meets every two weeks and we come up with the next best plan. We are actually going to be uh, expanding uh, in the future, here in the next year, we're, we're moving buildings, we're looking at new technology, and we're, we're always looking to improve because if you're not improving, you're just sitting still and well, nobody wants to sit still.
Well, Sashan, the big question, how is this making money? How is it monetized? Well, you know, we are letting the local stations basically earn the money for what we're doing. The, the whole point is to, as I said earlier, is to provide the content for those stations' websites. And then uh, when we take a commercial break, it triggers that station's local break. So if a station sold an ad for like a car dealership, they get so many impressions uh, during the video player that since it's their player that we're triggering, their local break is going to play. Their local ads are going to play. And then we are um, also utilizing some paid programming overnight. We're not fully 24 hours, but we're on from, as I said, six to midnight. So in, in the interim, as we in the overnight hours, we, we have some paid programming that plays and helps us out a little bit. But uh, the main and, and, and this, that's out of my wheel well completely. I focus on the news and the technology and, and getting in the staff, um, but uh, the, the monetization is coming and uh, the stations already had advertisers in place, but now that we're providing them with more content and more stuff, uh, those stations are seeing the monetization and they're seeing the revenues and uh, that's what we want because those local stations are the backbone of what we do at Great Television. And I know I talked not, not too long ago with Aaron Overstreet, who heads up uh, digital sales and OTT sales for Gray. I know a lot of the, the Gray's OTT advertising is direct sold versus programmatic, I think even the majority. So is that the case here, that this is sort of packaged in? It's a lot of direct sold local advertisers as opposed to national programmatic? I would say so. I mean, he, he would know best because I try to stay out of, they, they say it's, television advertising is like uh, making a law you don't want to see the sausage made so yeah. that's a, that's something that i know very little about because I, I okay what, yeah I, I really do and I, i'm so glad that there are other people working on the project outside of what i'm doing because i mean without the team effort we wouldn't be able to do this obviously and you know i, I posted on i i will i want to actually touch on that a little bit is is finding the staff for this in the middle of a pandemic was the hardest thing yeah finding 10 people and, and see I know uh, some other groups have, have started something similar or doing something similar, but we've decided to do this with such a minimal staff. And we have 10 people working here, 11 if you include myself. Finding them during a pandemic was so hard. Yeah. And when I found these folks, I found people who are much smarter than me. And trust me, they are so much smarter than I am. And putting them in the right positions to really help grow this startup and the passion, they get the idea, they got the concept, and then putting them in the same room and working together, they have truly uh, shined. They have really made this what it is today, and it's growing. We, I, I, I am so proud of the staff. I'm so proud of what we can do. Recruiting and onboarding during a pandemic could be a whole other <laughs> podcast. I know it's it, that's a massive mm -hmm. But um, Sean Wheat, executive producer of Local News Now, live rather, um, thanks so much for, for explaining how it works and uh, be interested to see how it, how it develops along. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you.